Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome on in, Eagles fans, to a reaction episode of the No Huddle Show. I'm Joe Giglio alongside Elliot Shore Parks, Matt Lombardo. They were out at the L.A. Coliseum on Sunday to watch the Eagles, well, capture the NFC East with a thrilling victory over the Rams, but also watch Carson Wentz go down. What we now know is a torn ACL ending his season. This is going to be a different reaction. So some of the reaction we got on Twitter and the email, um, it's kind of somber, but at the same time, what a positive spin from the fan base. But there's a lot to unpack here. I mean, the Eagles have been the best team in the NFL, Elliot, I think, since the beginning of the season. And now they have to try to continue this march, which they're still in a good position to do something special here, but continue without the guy that was probably the likely MVP of the NFL. Elliot, it's been a couple days when you guys did a podcast from the Coliseum. Obviously, the news is official now. Carson Wentz out for the season, and, and we're not even sure when you know we'll ever see him again with his torn ACL and uh, the timeline here. But just just your thoughts today as as the Eagles kind of try to settle back in without Carson Wentz. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been more excited to record a podcast than this one. Just because when we did the post game pod, me and Matt from the uh, Ram Stadium, it was all just extremely new at that point. We didn't really know any detail at all. We didn't know that Wentz had officially torn his ACL. We didn't really have a chance to completely process everything. So I feel like this is going to be all of our first real chance to really talk about this. Um, and I've been thinking about it the last few days. And I, it's been interesting to listen to the reaction, listen to a lot of radio, listen to what the fans have been saying, you know, reading everything, you know, reading what fans have to say on Twitter. And I think, you know, we're obviously going to talk about this at length, but I think all I can come up with to summarize everything when it comes to like Wentz's injury, Foles at quarterback this season, next season, is this is just really bad. There's just really no other way to put it. This Wentz injury is just really bad on basically every level. And we can sugarcoat things. We can talk about Foles' strengths. We can talk about this, that, and the third. This is really bad. And I think Eagles fans just need to accept that. And that, that's, that's not saying that they shouldn't root for the team or that you know they should give up on the season or anything like that. Wentz will play again. But you can't, you know, I've heard people saying, you know, well, we, we, you know, we can still do this with Foles. And yeah, maybe you can. But I think to even suggest that this team's chance at a Super Bowl or this team's chance in the postseason is anywhere as close with Foles as opposed to Wentz is just basically discrediting what we've seen from Wentz over the past 12 games. Um so that would just basically be where I would want to start on where two days to think about has left me. It's just, it's just really bad. It's really bad. Yeah, and Matt, I want to get your reaction. The same thing, just kind of where you're at right now. I'm, I'm on that end of this. Um, look, the Eagles are a great team. I don't think it's just one guy, but this is the most important guy, and I think Wentz has been the biggest reason they've able, been able to overcome all the other issues they've had. Wentz and Peterson, that combination, I think is is the strength of the Eagles, and they lose half of that now. And the, the bummer of this for this team is I really believe they're the best team in the NFL. And now they lose this player. And uh, I just I think the idea of them winning the Super Bowl this year is done. Can they win a playoff game? Sure. I mean, they're probably going to have home field. 
Um, I'm out on the idea that this team can actually win the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. If they prove me wrong, well, Doug Peterson's going to be uh, the, the coach of the world because that would be the gr- a great job. But, Matt, where are you at right now a couple days after the news uh, is now settled and Carson Wentz done for the year? Yeah, first of all, I think you can make a pretty solid case of the Pittsburgh Steelers who have a chance to clinch home field throughout the AFC on Sunday. I think the Steelers are actually the quote-unquote best team in the NFL and might have been for a big chunk of the season. But let's just take a step back. And, Elliot, you talked about this at the Coliseum on Sunday night. And the more that I digest what happened, the more that you hear expert opinions on what happened, the more that Dr. James Andrews and the report that we wrote about last night from Chris Mortensen saying that this is a 9- to 12-month timeline, I actually think that there are bigger-picture ramifications that loom much larger for next year and beyond for Carson Wentz and the Eagles than there are for this year. Guys, I did radio uh, yesterday as soon as I touched down in Philadelphia and D.C. I did radio in North Dakota. And the one thing that when you kind of, you know, take a broad stroke look at the NFL – There are a lot of teams going through this exact situation where their starting quarterback gets hurt. You look at uh, Brett Hundley limping along with the Packers in the absence of Aaron Rodgers. You look at what happened with Tom Savage and before that Matt McGloin in Houston with Deshaun Watson going down. The Eagles are better positioned than any of those teams with Nick Foles. And for this year, just for this year in this playoff run, I think the Eagles are still an odds-on favorite to go to the NFC Championship game. I don't know that they beat a Los Angeles Rams team with Jared Goff in Philadelphia with Nick Foles. I don't think that they beat a Russell Wilson-led Seattle Seahawks team in Philadelphia to go to a Super Bowl. Can they beat a team like Minnesota? Who knows? But there's another case where you have Teddy Bridgewater go down a year ago, Sam Bradford go down this year, Case Keenum steps in. And what I'm trying to say here is that the Eagles are a complete team in a lot of ways that when you get into postseason play, I think having a marquee quarterback makes all the difference. But I don't think that the marquee quarterback in today's NFL makes or breaks your chances if you're a team that's built as deep and as talented almost across the board as the Eagles are. So I I think they're still the odds-on favorite to go to the NFC title game. I wouldn't rule them out from going to a Super Bowl. But obviously, the confidence level and those things happening, that changes without Carson Wentz. Because, Elliot, you said it. He was the guy who was the majority in the pocket. He's the guy who converted all those third and tens and threw touchdown passes on third and long. You're going to have to change. You're not going to be able to run the same run pass options. You're not going to be able to uh, rely on the quarterback to carry you. Nick Foles is a cog in the machine, but this is a pretty dynamic machine that Howie Roseman has built over the course of the offseason. So, so here's where I disagree with you. I think people are discrediting, and I'm not saying you are, but I think people don't realize how much Wentz does for every aspect of this well, I, I agree. I mean, you win time of possession battles. You hold on to the right. ball. So, you're the number one scoring offense in the league at 31.1 points per game. But my thought is, let's say that dips down to 24 points per game. And your defense goes from giving up 17 points a game to 20 points a game you're still ranking in the upper echelon of both categories. And again, I'm, I'm not saying that they're a lock to go to the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. I'm just not ready to jump off any bridges at this point for this particular season. Big picture, long term, next year, a completely different dynamic. But I think you can gut it out and survive five games to get to the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. But I guess what I'm saying is that, yeah, you can make the argument because of where the Eagles are at, like you just – they, they already have a playoff spot locked up. I mean, they could win one of the next two. And I actually think, I think they're going to do well in the next three games. But um, you could make the argument that even if they won one of the next two, they probably would still get a bye. Um, and in fact, I think they do get a bye if they win one more game. But I guess what I'm saying is that 
at this point, the Eagles are a well, anything can happen team as opposed to a legitimately good team that can actually beat teams because they're a quality opponent. I mean, yeah, the Eagles could beat the Saints. They could beat these teams, but anything can happen in the NFL. But if you just look at the X's and O's now of this team, they're not anywhere near the quality of a team they were with Wentz. And that's just the harsh reality. I mean, the yep. defense is the defense. We, we'll see how they are when, you know, the Eagles, the Eagles defense played with a lot of leads this year. They played where they didn't get put in a lot of bad positions because of turnovers. And as you mentioned, the time of possession was huge. The Sunday, game. Sunday, though, they got put in a bad position, falling behind early. It started to snowball. They were behind late and they came up and they won the game against probably the best opponent, best all around opponent on the road who they've played all year so i think that yeah. they they well, the checked defense that still box. gave up how many points on sunday i mean i know there was a special team so they gave up like 28 or something like that so right, close to that 30 something close to that 28 yeah, but, right. but, but my point is that when they needed to make a play chris long got the strip fumble when they needed right, but, to put but the game Jared on ice Goff, and again i don't want to get into a Jared Goff debate but i mean drew Brees, russell wilson matt ryan aaron Rodgers. these are quarterbacks that are a level above jared goff well Even here's if the thing they're going to have the worst quarterback in the NFC playoffs, no matter how we spin this. I mean, no yeah. matter – that's it. They I mean, might that, have the worst quarterback in the NFL playoffs. I, I mean, will. I don't know who the bottom – yeah. Uh, probably, yeah. I mean, what, you know, whatever. There's some guys in the AFC in the bottom that are kind of inconsistent. But the NFC, they're going to have the worst quarterback. And the reason it just stinks is – you know, look, if this happened in September, it would be awful – It'd be awful anytime it happens because of what Carson Well, it might be needs. better because it would help your draft stock. Well, well, yeah, but <laughs> I, the expectation wasn't Super Bowl this year. And then all of a sudden, as this year, you know, became what it became, it became that. And now I just that's just so hard for me to believe that they can win three of those games. Can they beat any one of those teams you mentioned that? I, I think they can, you know, in any one day at the link. I think they could with Nick Foles. But can they beat three to hoist the Lombardi trophy, including probably Ben Roethlisberger or Tom Brady in the Super Bowl? I, I just don't believe that, which. And that's that's what we believe. But now the team, Elliot, has to go out there and and try to convince themselves they can. And you guys were at the press conference yesterday with Doug Peterson. And uh, I'm just fascinated to see how this team now goes about their business the rest of the year, because they can say it and they could believe it. But it's another thing to go out there and and actually feel it when they take the field. So, Elliot, you said a couple minutes ago, you think they're going to play well here, uh, at least in the immediate after uh, the absence of Wentz? Yeah, but I think that has a lot to do with who they're playing. I mean, the Giants, I mean, you almost couldn't craft a better schedule for these next three games if you tried. Um, I mean, at MetLife, I guess you'd prefer to have that game at home, and it is a third straight road game, so I do think there is some difficulties there. But I actually think having Foles in the lineup might re-energize his team a little bit just for the initial game because I think they'll be so amped to uh, kind of prove everything. And I think that helps guard against a bit of a letdown. And let's be honest. I mean, Nick Foles is bad. Eli Manning is, is might be worse at this point. I mean, that Giants offense is terrible. So, you know, that's, that's a winnable game. You get the Raiders at home in prime time. I think that's a winnable game. The Dallas game, who knows what's that, what, what that is going to be. But I think if the Eagles, for whatever reason, need that game, I think that's a winnable game. So I do think the Eagles can go 3-0. and But again, as you kind of said, Joe, like, yeah, maybe they win one playoff game. Maybe just because of the pure circumstances that Carson Wentz put this team in, they can pull that off. But we're we're reaching the we're reaching the the point of saying, well, anything could happen. You can't look at the Eagles team, in my opinion, and say they are even. I mean, in the playoffs, you need you need an elite quarterback. That just is what it is. Or you need an elite defense. And the Eagles don't have an elite defense. The the skill position players, I've said all season, I thought were average. And I think Wentz made them look better. And then, and then, and a, a dynamic of this that we haven't discussed is 
Alshon Jeffrey has been coming on really strong as of late because he's had a lot more reps with Wentz. I mean, six touchdowns in the last six games, I believe. I would I would bet that, um, I mean, unless they're throwing around today, that you could probably count the amount of passes that Alshon has caught from, from Foles on, on your hands and maybe even on one of your hands because Alshon didn't partake in a lot of training camp. Foles didn't partake in a lot of training camp. I'd imagine... During the week, Foles gets very limited reps with the first team offense, and Jeffrey, you know, has been limited um, with some of these weeks in practices. So another dynamic of this is that Foles, when you look at these skill position players, Aguilar had really good uh, chemistry with Wentz. That's off the table. Alshon was getting good chemistry with Wentz. That's off the table. Torrey Smith hasn't even played with Foles. Zach Ertz, yes, he is going to be there, and him and Foles do have a good dynamic. But that's one of these things we're not talking about is now what do you get from Alshon? Because we saw these first five, six weeks and in preseason and training camp, if Alshon doesn't have a good rapport with a guy, he's not going to be a guy that produces. And so I think that's a major concern. And one more thing I'll say, too, when you're talking about the offense is, the running game is very good, but the running game benefits from having Wentz under center in two ways. One, because other teams respect Wentz, and so they they play the entire Eagles offense differently. But two, Wentz pre-snap is very good at looking at what the Eagles are facing defensively and getting them into a good position to run the ball. So now if I'm an opposing defense, I'm saying, okay, the Eagles are really good at running the ball. I'm going to stack the box. I'm going to make Nick Foles beat me, and I'm going to make the average set of receivers that this team has now that Carson Wentz is gone beat me and I'll be very interested to see if the Eagles can still run the ball with Foles under center all right let's keep the conversation Matt going about Foles and this team and then we'll circle back to Wentz and his future and sure what one you guys are hearing thing before we do that let's not yep. forget that the Eagles have the number one defense in the NFL number one defense in terms of a giveaway takeaway in the NFC so I'll again I don't think they go to and win to the Super Bowl, but I don't think that this is a team that is going to be a one and out in the playoffs simply because of Nick Foles. Yes, he probably is the worst quarterback in the NFC playoffs when they get there, but to dismiss what this defense has done, particularly in terms of giveaway, takeaway, and total defense and scoring, I mean, they give up less than 20 points per game up until Sunday when they were on the road against the Rams. I don't think it's fair to dismiss what this defense has done, and I think that that's the reason why you give them you give them a chance in any playoff game. Moving See, forward. but I would make the argument that any playoff team has a chance in any playoff game. Like I understand what the point you're making, but like, well, no, I'm, I'm just saying to dismiss that they don't have an elite defense, whether they're the number one defense in the NFL and the number one in the NFC in giveaway takeaway. I, I just think that that's that's just kind of looking at it a broad stroke. That if Carson Wentz is gone, the entire house of cards is going to fall apart, and I don't. I don't see that. They might lose because they're trailing, you know, by seven points to the Seahawks or to the Rams or to the Saints. And Drew Brees is under center and Drew Brees drives down and, you know, takes care of business or Nick Foles can't come back. But I don't think they're going to lose because the defense can't hold up. That's the point I'm making. Well, they did just – okay, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. I mean, they did just give up 30-something points to the Rams. Right, but they, or 28-something, sorry. Did, they, right, right, but, but they, they also had a timely strip fumble and a defensive score at the end of the game when the Rams had a chance to go down and win it, right? I mean, the Rams they got the ball back with plenty of time to go down and win that football well, game. Well, they got it with they, one second. They, I mean, the, the, the score came with one second left on the clock, if I'm not mistaken, right? Right, but before that, you had the strip fumble when they had time to go down and take the lead. The Chris Long right. play, you mean? Right, right. Yeah, yeah no, I know, but I guess play. the point I'm making is we've we've said all along that the, the test for this defense will be facing elite quarterback play in the playoffs, and Jared Goff is better than I thought, and the Rams team looks good, but he, I mean, he's 
you know, if Foles is the worst quarterback in the NFC playoffs, depending on who makes it, you can make the argument Goff's the second worst. <laughs> I mean, you really. Well, I mean, the hard, here's the hard, here's the hard part Casey for the Eagles. Keenum. I forgot about Case Keenum, right? All right. Well, here's the hard part for the Eagles is the other guy you you might be wary of in terms of. Oh, I mean, I don't know if he's that good in the NFC playoffs. He's got to have the other buy most likely. So, yep. like whoever comes into Philadelphia for the divisional round game, if we're assuming the Eagles will have that game in Philadelphia, and they you know they win one of these two or three coming up, it's going to be a good quarterback. It's Cam Newton. It's uh, Matt Ryan. It's Russell Wilson. It's Aaron Rodgers. Like, or Jared Goff. Like, they're going to face a good quarterback in that first round. All right, let's get to some of the reaction here. Email here from Dennis. Uh, Matt, we'll throw this one at you. Foles came into the Rams game, and five of the first six plays were passing plays. Yes, Doug trusts him. Yes, he is ready. Look at his press conference after the game. You see a mature man ready to do a man's job. Let's talk about the Foles' aspect of this right now. But no, besides his talent level, just the readiness. And um, Matt, when you look at the offense with Foles, and you kind of touched on it a few minutes ago, like Doug was asked yesterday when you guys were there if he has to change the offense. He downplayed that. Obviously, he has to change some aspects of this offense. How do you think this thing will look with Nick under center compared to Carson? Yeah, I, I wrote about this this morning, Joe. And I think that the, the two things that really have to change are we already talked about it a little bit. You're not going to be able to have the run pass option because teams don't respect the ability of Nick Foles to tuck and run for the first down. It just doesn't have Wentz's mobility. So you're going to see a lot more play action passes and you're going to have to run the ball to set up the pass in a similar way to the way that the Rams use Todd Gurley. And I think that when you have a three headed monster like a Jaya and Clement, you can kind of craft an offense around your running game. And number two, I think you're going to have to keep Brent Selleck in as a blocking tight end, because when you look at how Pulavidi Vitae against Frank Turner of the Seahawks and against Robert Quinn against the Rams, it's it's no coincidence that against the two top pass rushers he's lined up against, he struggled and he's given up three sacks and five pressures in two games. That's not going to be good enough come playoff time. That's not going to be good enough against the Raiders. It might not be good, good enough against the Olivier Vernon and Jason Pierre-Paul this Sunday. So those are the two changes I think you make. But I agree. I think Nick Foles is ready. And I think that the fact that Howie Roseman went out and bought a $4 million insurance policy on Carson Wentz, I've been doing the quarterback power rankings all year. Joe, you stepped in last week. And it kind of, it gives you a really deeper appreciation for what quarterback play in the NFL looks like this year. There are probably 10, 11, maybe 12 quarterbacks that you can say you can build a team, you can build a franchise around. And then there's Drek. There's either rookies who shouldn't be in there. There's journeymen. There's young players who haven't accomplished anything. Um, there, there's stopgap players. And I think that the Eagles are so well positioned with Nick Foles, a guy that has playoff experience, threw for 200 yards, two touchdowns in a playoff game, was 27-2 and two the last time he was here, has started games in the NFL. I think that they're going to be okay at quarterback. My bigger concern, ironically, is what Wait, happens I, with the I left side of question? that offensive line. Can yeah. I ask one question, though? So you, you just talked about how bad the quarterback play is. And I agree. The quarterback play in the NFL is not good. I agree. There's probably 12 or 11 guys, you know, that you could trust. And then there's Drek. Foles was not given one of the 32 starting jobs in the NFL. It's not like he had a chance to start somewhere else and said no and came to the Eagles. I mean, there was 31 other teams. There are 32 teams, including the Eagles, that didn't believe he was a starter. I don't disagree. I'm just saying as, as a backup. I'm not saying that Nick Foles is a top 15 quarterback in the league. I'm saying that as a backup, you could do a lot worse. I mean, you have Tom yeah, Savage in Houston. Right. Brent, Brent Hundley, even though he sat behind Aaron Rodgers for two years, is nowhere near ready. He had one decent game. Deshaun Kaiser is a rookie. Jacoby Brissett has been average to below average most of the year. I'm just saying that as a backup quarterback and solidifying that position with a guy with starting experience was prudent on Howie Rose 
Roseman's part, and I think it's going to pay dividends down the stretch. All right, Elliot, I want to ask you this. Throw that to you. I want to see, because someone emailed us here about Wentz being ready, like right now ready for what he's being tasked with right now, not just so much ready to play, but ready to you know jump into the fire here. Let me throw this stat at you, and, and do you think Nick is different because of his familiarity with the Eagles, Doug, and the whole thing? So Nick Foles is going to be the um, – He's going to lead the Eagles into the playoffs with three or less starts. Since 1991, which is when they went to this playoff format, I believe, right around there, 13 quarterbacks have done this. So, you know, basically the starter goes out very late in the season, three or less games to go, and they have to take the reins into the playoffs. The combined playoff record of those quarterbacks is 2-12. and 12. So, like, we could come up with scenarios like Case Keenum, Tom Brady back in the day. I heard yesterday on the air uh, in Philadelphia they were talking a little bit about Backup quarterbacks that have gone to the Super Bowl, Jeff Hostetler, Dilfer, but the Dilfer, right? But right, right, he took over for Tony Banks in '99. The idea of a quarterback coming in, Elliot, this late in the season—it's like, like this isn't his team from October on. He right. has to come in now. Do you think Nick is different than some of these other quarterbacks in the past because of, like, he's not a new guy in this system? Obviously, he knows the Eagles, Philadelphia, Doug, all that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, I don't know what the situation the other 14 guys were. I mean, I'd imagine a lot of the. I mean, let's not forget. I know that. You know, it falls a bit of a different circumstance, I guess, just because he has so much familiarity with Doug. He has so much familiarity with the Eagles, but he he was not on this roster last year. I mean, so, you know, there is that. So I'd be interested to know of those. You said it was two and 12 of guys. Well, and you know who the uh, quarterback that won both of those games was one guy. It was Frank Reich. (laughs) Oh, there you go. So, (laughs) but I mean, you know, I just come back in NFL history. Right. Yeah. I mean, so I'd, I'd be interested to know what the uh, what the situation were of those other 14 guys. Cause I'd imagine Nick Foles situation isn't that much different in terms of having, you know, being with the team all year and all that stuff. But again, the, the and I'd imagine why this is such a bad record. It's the points I brought up, which is he has not taken a lot of snaps with the first team offense and he's going to get that chance over the next three weeks. I mean, Potentially, I guess maybe just the next two, depending on what you do in Dallas um, or against Dallas. I don't know if you play fulls, just get more reps. I, I would say no, just probably because you don't want to risk, God forbid, having Nate Sudfeld starting your first playoff game. But no, I mean, this, you know, to, to that two and 12 point points exactly to what I was trying to say, which is, you know, Eagles fans can justify this all they want. They can sugarcoat it all they want. They can point to to Foles' strengths, but Foles has a lot of weaknesses too. There's a reason he wasn't a starting quarterback in the NFL this year or last year. And really, you know, and I'm I'm big, I'm the biggest chip guy in the world. But I mean, if we're all gonna say Chip's done and Chip's never gonna succeed in the NFL, then why are we saying that Foles, who had success with Chip, all of a sudden could? I mean, ever since Foles didn't wasn't playing with Chip, He's been terrible. I mean, his record with Chip was was really good. He then Foles went to St. Louis and he was re- he was really bad. So, I mean, it's not it's not good. Nick Foles is not a good quarterback, and you don't want to go into the NFL playoffs with a bad quarterback. I know it sounds simple, like, but it, that's just the harsh re- that's just reality. It is. We got a tweet here, Matt. Uh, hashtag the No Huddle Show from Comic Sans is okay uh, on Twitter. The Eagles still have a powerful defense, three solid running backs and a perfectly competent quarterback in Foles. It's not time to panic. Matt, on the running game aspect, I've heard that a lot the last couple of days, that the Eagles, although they're very balanced, and Doug does like to run the ball, as we've seen a lot this year, they have to become maybe imbalanced towards the run if they're going to actually figure out a way to make a run here. How, what do you think about that? Not just um, protecting Foles with the running game, but maybe becoming more of a running team. C- can they pull that off? Do you think that's the way to go? 
Yeah, I talked about this at the Coliseum with Elliott on the postgame pod on Sunday night. I think you saw a template for what the offense has to become in the team that you beat on Sunday with Todd Gurley because they used the run to set up the pass. They passed to Gurley out of the backfield. And I now, none of the Eagles have, running backs have that kind of skill set, but I think Corey Clement has exceeded expectations in terms of what he's been able to do as a pass catcher. I think you need to use him in that role down the stretch. You need to rotate your running backs in to keep them fresh and therefore you know, pound it against some tired defenses late in the game, but we've seen this team run the ball effectively. I remember writing after the Cowboy game that no team in the NFL had a more talented stable of running backs than the Eagles running backs had become with Ajayi kind of coming into his own. He averaged 5.2 yards per carry on Sunday, even though you can make an argument that he should have gotten the ball more than he did on his 15 or 16 carries. So I think you need to feature Ajayi as your number one back. You need to throw the ball to Corey Clement out of the backfield, and I think you're right. You need to skew this offense now towards one that's ground and pound to one that sets up the pass by running the ball effectively. And that might also have been a natural progression heading into the postseason when the weather starts to get cold, it starts to get windy, it gets more difficult to throw the ball. And again, I don't mean to harp on this. It's going to come down to whether or not Stefan Wisniewski can get healthy and be on the field because what we saw on Sunday when Vitae had a rotating cast of characters with Chance Warmack and Isaac Sayamalu playing next to him, that left side of the line was a sieve. And that's going to be a problem against pass rushers that's going to be a problem running the football but I think big picture you're absolutely right they need to become a ground and pound team I think they have the personnel in the backfield to do it I don't know if the offensive line is going to be able to facilitate it. well can I ask both you guys what type of impact because I've already said what, what I think what type of impact do you think losing Wentz is going to have on the run game I think it'll have an impact I mean I think they could still run the ball effectively it's just what my, I keep going back to this, like third and se- the drives, like the whole thing, I can't envision without Wentz because they had so they have so many third and sixes this year that Wentz just makes a play on. I feel like they're yep. off the field now with Foles, and I just don't know. Like I, I have this fear that they're going to get into this thing where they keep getting third and out, three and outs, and then you're going to look up in the third quarter and they don't have much possession, right? They don't have the time, the ball much, many plays, and someone's going to scream, "Doug's only run the ball nine times," and you're going to look up and well, they've only run twenty plays. Like I just feel like the whole thing changes. I think they can run it effectively, but they need to throw on third down to move the sticks. That, that's yep. that's what I come back to. My, my biggest worry about the running game is you saw a lot of success with Carson Wentz sticking the ball in the belly of Blunt or Ajayi, and at the very last second, either tucking it and running, or on Ajayi's first snap as an eagle, pulling it back and hitting Alshon Jeffrey down the field because you suck the teams in with those play fakes. I don't think that happens. I don't think you're going to be able to rely on the run pass ratio or the the run pass option rather. But I think what you're going to see is you're going to have to see more play action. You're going to have to really sell that you're committed to running the football early in a game so that come late in the third quarter or early in the fourth quarter, you can have a play fake that maybe Zach Ertz breaks open or Torrey Smith gets by his man and you have a big play opportunity downfield. You're not going to have the run pass option. You're not if, if there's pressure on second and eight in the pocket. Foles isn't escaping that, but if you can sell the run early, the late in the game, you can set up the pass. That's where I think it'll help. That's where I think it changes, but you're not going to be able to have the designed quarterback runs. You're not going to have run pass options, but I don't know how much that changes because the Eagles have shown with Ertz and with Jeffrey and even with Nelson Aguilar the last couple of weeks that you have to respect the passing game. And I don't think that's just because of Carson Wentz. I think that's because the receivers and the tight end have played really well. All right, let's talk a little bit about Carson now, Elliot. I mean, we talked a lot about the Eagles, and I'm sure we're going to keep doing this next few weeks as we move towards the playoffs and what they're going to be in there and who they play. But 
Carson Wentz is gone. I mean, this is this is the Eagles franchise and, and they can patch this together for the next six weeks and talk about team. But I mean, they need Carson Wentz back and healthy. And so surgery's coming here. Obviously, we know it's a torn ACL and no ligament damage from the reports and what Doug told you guys yesterday. So that's good news. But the long term outlook for Carson Wentz here, the part that I keep thinking about is this has a good chance to affect 2018 as well. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's going to ruin his season or the Eagles season, but I don't know. I mean, I think back to Sam Bradford, who obviously is a different story, but he was never right. It always took him like a year and a half, two years to feel himself. And with his luck, he got hurt again by the time that timeline ended. But it's not like he came back and was himself right away. The same thing, Joe Flacco, I feel like it's taken him a year and a half. Tannehill, it's taken a year, maybe two. Right. It's a, you know, just because you're on the field in July or August doesn't mean he's going to be back. What are your thoughts now just on on this timeline for Carson? So I have two main thoughts. The first would be that um, since the post, since, you know, after the game on Sunday, I talked to two doctors that are ACL specialists and they both were very confident that Wentz would come back and be the player that, that Wentz would make a full recovery and that come, you know, August, July next year, he'd be pretty, pretty much ready to play. Um, obviously they didn't, they haven't looked at Wentz's specific injury and this is just, you know, general ACL knowledge. This isn't anything specific with Wentz, but I mean, they, they both didn't have any overarching concerns about the fact that he tore his ACL. Um, but I'll say this and going into Sunday's game, the Eagles had a bona fide top five quarterback in the NFL that they could, you know, just every Sunday, know they had a top five quarterback. They had a guy that was going to make all types of plays, carry this offense. Now you don't because you don't know what Wentz is going to be after this ACL injury. Like, look, I think Wentz and, you know, I think sometimes it sounds cliche when people say this, like, whoa, he's the type of guy that's going to put in the work. Like, no, Wentz is legitimately the type of guy that you can say is going to attack this rehab head on. And if there's any guy that's going to make a full recovery from the ACL and be the same exact player, Carson has the ability to do it. But you don't know. And that to me is the biggest thing. Like we, we can all say, we think he's going to do it. And Eagles fans can say, well, it's just an ACL injury, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I agree with all that. I agree. He's probably going to be okay. But now you don't know. And to me, just from someone that's in that Novacare every day, that, that has to be absolutely terrifying to the Eagles because so much of this franchise is just completely built on Wentz. I mean, we've talked about it every week that if you look at everybody on this team, besides Wentz, you know, like how he's never won a playoff game. Doug, is, I think, is a good head coach, but, you know, without Wentz, we'll see. Wentz really makes everything in, in this franchise go. And I'm not trying to sound dramatic. That's just the reality of the situation. And now the most important cog in this team, the most important guy, is a question mark. And I think we all agree that it's going to – he'll end on a fine note. But now he is a question mark, and that is really bad. It is. And we don't know when he's going to come back. The uncertainty, how he's going to be, and the player is going to be mad. I, I keep thinking about that. We've seen quarterbacks that are mobile and they get hurt. And then maybe there's a fear to be mobile anymore. Or like part of what makes Carson Wentz great isn't because he runs. It's just because he can move around back there and create and, and find a way to just move a little bit and then make a throw down the field or, or do something. And that part of his game, I assume it'll be back, but I, I can't be sure. And his ability to, to, to stand there and take hits. I right. mean, who yeah. knows how mentally he prepares. Yeah, I'm not saying aspect. he'll be scared. Yeah, but that, I mean, that's my biggest human, worry. Like, 
Yeah, that's my biggest worry. Think back to what I think was his highlight play of the year, and that was that play against the Redskins, third and seven in the pocket. It's collapsing around him. Four or five Redskins are there. You think he's sacked, and not only does he escape, he steps up and he hits Corey Clement for like a 27-yard touchdown on a miraculous throw. Those plays aren't going to happen again. You, 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 I don't know that you're going to be able to come back from a torn ACL and have that kind of Harry Houdini-like escapability from the pocket. And that's what makes Wentz special. I think that he's a very cerebral quarterback. I think that we saw before the injury on Sunday maybe his best pocket presence of the year. I don't know that his footwork had ever been better. I don't know that his feel for the pocket and the pressure around him had ever been better than it was on Sunday, which is pretty miraculous considering the beating that he took and how he just seems so overwhelmed by the moment in Seattle. I thought he had maybe his best first half performance of his career on Sunday in Los Angeles, and then he gets hurt. So how you come back from that and when you come back from that is going to be critical. And and I I don't know that you can just bank on Carson Wentz being ready week one next year, because if, if the timeline is nine months, that means August is when you're getting back on the field. Are you getting back fully 100%? Is this a slow build like Sam Bradford's ACL was where you're not doing 11-on-11 11 11 until a week before the first preseason game? What kind of reps are you getting in the preseason, in practice? How are you going to come back from the injury? How does the knee hold up from a strength standpoint? There are so many variables now. And listen, this happens to a lot of quarterbacks. A lot of quarterbacks suffer ACL injuries. It's how they recover from it. And I'll be really interested to see what kind of quarterback Carson Wentz is after this injury because so much of what makes him special is his escapability his ability to improvise after everything goes wrong and to make those highlight real level scrambles and I don't know that that's going to come back with the snap of a finger if at all I don't either let's grab a tweet here uh, about Wentz and I think this leads into a discussion that I've heard a little bit about this last couple days and I just think it's absurd but uh, at Mark Murd on Twitter how many times have we winced watching Wentz sure it can be magic but should Carson's coaches have been trying to coach caution? Wentz is 24, and did he need an adult to rein him in for his own good? Hashtag the No Show. This, Elliot, kind of bleeds into, I heard some people saw it on Twitter a little bit. I haven't really heard it, but I've seen it more. Uh, blaming Doug Peterson or questioning why not run by the goal line? I think the idea of blaming a coach when a player gets hurt like this is absurd. Like, it could happen on any play at any moment. Um, first, what do you think about that? And two... Do you think when he does come back, they're going to try to rein him in? Or is this the player they have? Well, one of the doctors I talked to, and I think this feeds into this point is, or this question is said that one, you have about a 15 to 20% chance of re-tearing the ACL to or re-tearing an ACL Two, you actually have a better chance of hurting your other ACL than you do the one you injured just because of the fact that you favor it. You're compensating. Um, yeah. Right. So, so to that, I would say, one, no, you don't blame Doug. Like, that's just silly. So Doug has bears no blame at all for this, in my opinion. Two, I do think there's something to be said for the fact that, like, it's one thing to fight for extra yards at the end, like lower your shoulder type stuff. It's another thing to just send your body flying through the air across the goal line. And, you know, I think that's what you want a quarterback to be. I think that's kind of like the attitude you want from your player and your leader. So I can't knock Wentz for that. And I'm not saying he should, he should, when he comes back, he should change his game. But the reality is this is what's going to happen. So I, I honest, I just honestly see both sides because I kept, I kept thinking myself these last few days, would you ever see Tom Brady do that? 
like dive across the goal line the way Wentz. I mean, Wentz took off from like. Oh, the here we are back to Carolina. Here we are. No, back but to that's what I'm saying. The diving for that thing. extra yard. Right. And oh, don't pussyfoot. Don't pull up. You know, go no, for that extra. Be aggressive. Go ahead. Go ahead how, did, how did it work out? I'm, I'm just saying this has been this has been an issue for Carson Wentz almost all year. Right? I, right. And coaches have talked is, about it. Boy, look, and it finally just, came home to let me, let me finish my point, really, my point really quick. There's a difference to me between lowering your shoulder to barrel into a guy, and then there's a difference between jumping and launching your body into the air and basically not being able to Well, right. You, you could separate your throwing shoulder or you could tear your ACL. That's the difference. Right. right? I, and, just, and, 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 and either one is a really negative thing for a quarterback to do. And I, I tend to, you know, fall on the be a little more cautious side of the ledger. And I think that Wentz for a big chunk of the year after Carolina had kind of gone down that road as well. And then once the game started to slow down for him a little bit, once he started to pick up confidence, we saw him start to run again. Look at the Seattle game where it was stripped at the goal line. Look at the play on Sunday where he tears the ACL. That aggressiveness came back. I'm let's make one thing perfectly crystal clear here. I'm not blaming Doug Peterson for the injury. I think it's absurd and absolutely out of left field conspiracy theory garbage to blame a head coach or a coaching staff for a quarterback getting injured. But I do think that Carson Wentz could have done himself a favor by heeding some of those concerns from the staff that have been expressed to him about protecting yourself and getting down and toning back the aggressiveness when you're on the run. Because, guys, let's be honest about this. Wentz had become become a target, as he should, as a quarterback when he's that mobile and that big of a playmaker. Teams were going to hit him as Seattle did, as the Rams did. And I think that he needed to be more cognizant of that before he went off on the run. And maybe you don't have that same level of aggressiveness as we saw in Carolina, as we saw on Sunday night. So I don't blame Doug Peterson, but I do think that in order for Carson Wentz to have any sort of long-term preservation of his career, he's going to have to play differently when he comes back. I do too. Uh, I think that there's going to have to be a line between Carson and instincts and then just like living to die another day and then deciding when it's when it's worth it like that play and that was a big game obviously they were trying to clinch the division title but you just wonder if I don't know how you teach a quarterback to do it though Michael Vick never learned how to do it. I mean some guys can see, I remember, like, it might I, take the injury it might see, take like, the I don't in- think he is gonna learn and I don't think he should change how he plays I think like I've been thinking about this a lot the last few days and I think you just kind of like cross your fingers and just hope he doesn't get hurt, but you can't change and take away what makes him a special player. And look, I think Wentz can win from the pocket. I don't think he's a scrambling quarterback, but what makes him who he is, is his competitive nature, is his, you know, he's, he's driven by it. That's what makes him get up at five 30 in the morning and go to the facility. And so I just can't sit here and say that on the road in a playoff type game that you need to win to clinch a division. I want Wentz as he's running towards the goal line thinking, nah, I shouldn't do this to protect myself. I agree it sucks. It does suck that he is more susceptible to getting hurt that way. I agree that it sucks that Tom Brady is a guy that, I mean, he, Tom Brady well, he also could become Ben Roethlisberger. And I will say Tom Brady also tore an ACL for what it's worth. Right. He got right. hit in the pocket. So you, yep. can, you can do it at any point. Correct. But I, I, A, don't think Wentz should change how he plays, and B, I don't think he will. And there is some downsides to that, but as we saw this season, there are plenty of upsides to it as well. I think he's going to have to become Ben Roethlisberger, a guy that can beat you with the pocket and scramble for a big play when necessary. But that's that doesn't become. But that doesn't become 
the highlight of his skill set. You're not doing that six, seven times a game. And I think that that's the way that Wentz is going to have to preserve his career. And I think he can succeed that way because by playing the way that he's playing and the way that, Elliot, you want to, you know, cross your fingers and pray, I think that you then need to be comfortable with going through this on a yearly basis. You need but, to be comfortable but, wait, wait, with the idea ask. that come playoff time, he's not going to be there. But where I where I disagree, and I think Joe's saying this to a certain extent, but I know Matt, this is what you're saying. I disagree that Wentz isn't like like Wentz can win from the pocket. Wentz is not a running quarterback. But I would, I mean, I'll look it up and you know while I'm talking. But he doesn't really run the ball a ton. A lot of his runs were were simply just because of of pressure and stuff. And you can never change that. I mean, unless you're just going to tell Wentz that when the pressure is there, away. just go down. I mean. Throw it away. Yeah, but 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 like Brady tore his ACL. I mean, like players have been hurt. Like I mean, how many quarter? There's a reason it's so impressive that Eli Manning. I know he got benched last week, but has not been hurt because this happens. I mean, Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. This will be what the second time in probably five years or three years where well, injuries are undoubtedly part of the game, but it, it's it's mitigating and minimizing the risk. And I think that when you run around like Carson Wentz does, you become a target, just like Russell Wilson is a target. And when you're taking those, it's it's not just the hits that you take from the pocket, like if you're Brady or like you're Flacco or or like you're Rodgers. It, it's the hits that you're taking from the pocket and then additionally lowering your shoulder and diving for extra yards. It's those extra hits that I think that you need to be more cognizant of if you but want to preserve yourself to be healthy. Where, where I disagree time. with you, though, is I just think it's a lot easier said than done. Like, I, I get your point. Like, yes, in an ideal world, Wentz would be able to analyze every single situation in, in a millisecond and figure out, okay, this one's worth sliding for. This one's worth going for. This one's not. This, You know what I mean? And I do think he had started to run out of bounds a little more. But again, I, I'll ask both of you guys. In the situation he faced that he got hurt at, well, what would you want him to do differently? I mean, do, do you want him to just say, I'm not going to run because I don't want to get hurt? Do you want him to say that I'm going to slide at the two-yard line? I mean – you know, like what, what do you want him to do there in the heat of the moment? So I agree with you. Yes. I, I would prefer a quarterback that never got hit. I would agree, uh, prefer a quarterback that knew what to do every single situation, but it's just, it's, it's, it was the same thing with Michael Vick. It's how the guy is wired. And if this isn't who you want to be your guy, then, you know, maybe you need to think about moving on. But when Wentz comes back, he's going to be the same player. And if he's not, this is exactly what we talked about earlier, where you don't know what type of quarterback he's going to be because we don't know what type of quarterback Wentz will be if he if he's thinking about these things right. when he plays. Right. I guess my uh, thing on it is how want... many hits yeah. can he take? Like that, Correct. I, and I don't know how you do it. I don't, you can't tell him not to be himself. And obviously some he can't help. Like if Vitae or Jason Peters or whoever the left tackle is in five years gets beat, he's just going to get hit. We know that. But – I don't know what the number is. Is it 10 a game? Is it 12? I just feel like if you're going to get hit 160 times a year, if it's 10 per game, whether it's five, that's your fault, five, that's the offensive line's fault, eventually you're going down. And I feel like part it's of It's like that with all quarterbacks, I guess. My it point. is. No, it is. But like Eli, Peyton, even though both those guys, well, Peyton got hurt with his neck, Eli, Peyton, Brett Favre, Brady for the most part. They don't get hit often, and when the the pressure coming, they just kind of get down. And it, you know, I love the way Wentz plays. I kind of I like that that style better, Matt. To get your thoughts on this, but I just feel like it adds up. Yeah, and, and again, I I agree with Elliot that what makes Carson Wentz special is the escapability and and you know, winning on the run and making big plays outside the pocket. But the risk that you take is with a quarterback like that. 
you need your quarterback. And again, I'm nowhere near as big a Chip Kelly fan in the NFL as Elliott is. But Chip Kelly always said your best ability is your availability. And if your quarterback is putting himself at risk for unnecessary hits, you have to be comfortable with the notion that you could be going into the postseason with Nick Foles or Nate Sudfeld or Tom Savage or Matt McGloin or whoever your backup quarterback winds up being. And that's where I'm kind of with you, Joe. You tell your guy, slide, right? Give yourself up. If you're facing pressure in the pocket, throw it out of bounds. Don't take the unnecessary hits. Those last two weeks, and I don't think that this is a cumulative effect injury. I think this was just a freak hit at the wrong angle of his knee at the wrong time as he was diving to the end zone. But the impact of those hits takes a toll on guys. And it's the more time that you spend running outside the pocket, the more time defensive coordinators are spending in meeting rooms saying, when this guy's in the pocket, do like the Seahawks did. Hit him late. When this guys on the pocket hit him hard make this guy rethink tucking the ball and running and when you do that you wind up getting hurt so i don't but know i don't know I, what I just the think, methodology uh, is i don't know how you change it i don't know if you tell him to run out of bounds versus lowering the shoulder for a first down whether it's throwing the ball away but i think you almost need to rewire him so that his strength from the pocket and the strength with his footwork is how you win it's not because of the escapability it's because he can be surgical from the pocket which i think he can be i think he can be ben roethlisberger i don't think that he has to be russell wilson well, a few things. One, I think he is already much, much closer to Ben Roethlisberger than Russell Wilson. I mean, wa- watching Russell Wilson play in person in that Seahawks game a few weeks ago, he literally just runs around behind the line of scrimmage until he makes something happen. Wentz is already surgical from the pocket, so he can win that way. But I, I think what what what's important to realize is, you know, he didn't get hurt on a meaningless snap where he could have just gone down. He didn't get hurt fighting for extra yards on a, on a third and seven in the first quarter of a blowout game. I mean, he got hurt running into the end zone in a must win game in the NFC and, and for, you know, to clinch an NFC East division. And again, this like that, that's why I think that's, imp- it's important to point that out because you want him to do that. In this instance, he did the right thing. He did what he was supposed to do. If he had gotten hurt, fighting for an extra yard, as I meant, you know, in another situation, then I think you can say, all right, he's got to learn to be better at this. But he did not get hurt this year doing other stuff. He got hurt fighting for those extra yards to go into the, go in for a touchdown. And yeah, I look, you don't want him to throw his body up like that, I guess, ideally. But if he's got a score, I mean, if he doesn't get hurt on this play, nobody's talking about it. Well, you're right. No, it would just be another wow. Carson Wentz is the MVP. And I mean, just the conversation it would be on a million percent different. We'd be talking about how this team really looks like the best in the NFL on their way to the Super Bowl. That's not the case, though. They still have a chance to do some special things. So we'll be back next week to continue talking about what the Eagles are without Carson and where they're going this year. A game against the Giants on Sunday and obviously a lot still in front of them, despite the fact that the you know, the guy that's probably the MVP of the league is not going to be there. Elliot, um, on a, a lighter note, uh, are we doing well with the reviews here? How are we doing? Not going to lie. I'm a, dis- a little disappointed in this oh, past oh. week. So we're, we're still at 319, which is what we were. Or at least we're, we were at 319 when I checked this morning. Um, I'll say this, guys. I, I know it's really bad and everything in the season. Don't give up on reviewing the podcast just because Wentz is gone. Huh. <laughs> keep, keep invested. So, no, I mean, I still think we can get 500 by the playoffs, but I was a little disappointed the last few days. Not going to lie. All right, we'll get some more. And, yeah, I mean, the faith in the podcast should not go. We're, all of our ACLs right. are intact. Matt, uh, always appreciate you doing this. We'll catch up next week. 
Talk to you then. Hey, it's going to be fun to get a glimpse of this offense without Wentz. We'll see what they do. Yeah, it'll be a lot uh, of fun. It's, <laughs> it's going to be different. No, it's, it's a big test for Doug, and we'll see how this team does now. We'll be back next week. Leave us a review. Subscribe on iTunes, as Elliot just said. We'll be back next week on J.com right here on the No Huddle Show.